Love Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif. Executive Producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasalan. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saobona. In Senegal, nangadef. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. We have such an important topic uh, this morning uh, that came to me by Dr. Sunil Dahan. We're going to hear from my favorite holistic, conscious, woke, woke up medical doctor, Dr. Sunil Dahan, on obesity. Ah, I went to a water park. Uh, in Florida this week with my granddaughter for her birthday, and what I saw was horrific. My goodness, it was it really brought out this obesity epidemic right before my eyes. And when you're talk, we're talking hundreds, if not thousands, of people at a water park displaying everything because for some reason, when you go to a water park, people think their bodies can just be displayed with bikinis and whatever because it's hot it was hot yeah it was really hot i'm going to share what how much fun i had with my granddaughter she turned nine years old beautiful beautiful soul and we had an amazing experience as we were leaving the park about obesity really and sadness and emotion so that's why we're doing a show today on why is there an obesity epidemic and metabolic disarray and of course, we're going to bring some solutions. And it's usually all—it's all about consciousness. So, 
Let's get down to some joint rolling. I know that's why you're here. We came to roll some joints. Not this kind. Not this kind, but this kind. Because why are we rolling joints every Friday morning? To motivate you to take charge of your health. That's where it starts. It starts in your bed. You open your eyes. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Immediately you can take charge of your health by kicking those legs up and rolling the joints in your body before you even get out of bed. What does that do? Number one, it improves your circulation. There's lots of studies on that. You can YouTube it, Google it on what happens when you roll joints and how it improves your circulation. Number two, it helps your lymphatic system drain better. You've got this system called lymph lymph glands and lymph uh, modules under your arms and all that. And when you are rolling these joints, it helps to get that lymphatic system moving, dumping the toxins and the junk out of your body. And then uh, number three, it lubricates your joints. There's something called synovial fluid that is activated in every joint of your body when you roll the joints, move the joints. So three major reasons to do joint rolling every morning, and we do it. And I show you some what I do and hopefully motivate you to keep it up every day because it's very, very important, more than ever, that you take charge of your health. And so let us begin with this neck. Before we turn on the music, let's just start with some deep breathing, first of all. Through your nose, breathe in through your nose. And out through your nose. And you can do it also, exhale through your mouth. Don't ever, ever inhale through your mouth. Unless your nose is blocked, of course, then you have no choice but to go in through the mouth. But most of the time, 99.9%, you're going to inhale through your nose. Hold it, hold it for a few seconds, and exhale through your nose. Sometimes it's okay to exhale through your mouth, depending on what your, your purpose and intent is for your body. Inhale, inhale through the nose. Let's exhale through the mouth. Blow out that stale air, that stale breath. Get it, get rid of the stale breath. Inhale, 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 and exhale, exhale, exhale. Now let's just, just loosen up this neck that carries this heavy weight. This head is heavy. Let's put the chin to the chest and let's roll that head around and get the neck muscles loosened up, stretching. We're stretching out the muscles. This is so important in your health journey to stretch your muscles, especially before you start a workout. Stretching. Stretching is recommended before any workout. Loosening up the neck muscles, which will be moving our head, and then turning the other direction, moving the other direction, stretching, stretching that neck. If you're in a wheelchair, this is something you can do easily, and it'll help your whole body circulation. Just rolling the neck around. We start with the neck. And then we go to the shoulders. Let's roll those shoulders back. Get the shoulder muscles and the back. You actually are helping your back muscles, too, when you roll the shoulders. You're loosening up, activating all the energy. The hormones are even being activated when you do this. And let's go forward, forward, 
forward with those, oh, feels, oh, my back is like getting a massage from this. And then we do some swimming in the sea of energy. This just loosens up the lower back a little more, loosens up all the arm muscles a little more. Swimming in the sea of energy, backstroke. If you're a swimmer, you know how, how good this exercise is for the body. Backstroke, 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 and pause. Let's pause here, put some music on. And for those of you who are new to Liada's Tiny House Village, to Blog Talk Radio, Health and Well-Being, this is my living space here. I live in 350 square feet of space. It's awesome because I don't have to clean a lot, and it provides me with a kitchen, a bathroom, and a bed, and books, and, and everything I need is in this 350 square feet. I don't live with anyone else, so I have lots of room to move around, and I am in gratitude. Every day I wake up, I have plants growing to keep my environment healthy. I'm in a beautiful, peaceful and energizing place for me. So welcome to my living space where we're going to inspire you, educate you, and um, give you some knowledge to work with for the rest of the week. And then we come back on Sunday night with Soul Purpose Healing, uh, and I've got an amazing guest this Sunday talking about esoteric things and all kinds of beautiful uh, spiritual things. And so let's get busy some music on Time for Healing. It's Time for Healing by the Sounds of Blackness. Uh, I love this music. I don't own the rights to this music. And they have given me permission to play this music. So their YouTube land, uh, Facebook land, I had permission on file to play the Sounds of Blackness, Time for Healing. The words are so powerful and so relevant for these times that we're in. I've been playing this song for a couple of years now. Still relevant. So let's get on our backs, kick our legs up, and go.
brain stem all the way down. So squeeze and release. Stimulate that vagus nerve and breathe in. All this activity, breathing in, squeezing and releasing, activate your vagus nerve to feed the rest of your body with energy, from love, with love energy. Squeeze and release. Squeeze. You should feel that all the way to your toes. That's how powerful your vagus nerve and that energy body is. Breathe in and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Squeezing and releasing, getting all that power down to the toes and the fingers. And let's just squeeze and release down the arm all the way to the hand. Pat on the outer underneath the arm. Pat that uh, underarm, get the lymphatic system draining properly. Other side, just pat the arm up and down. Pat under the arm. Let's get our um, our, uh, our 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 gland in here, our thymus gland activated. This is the powerful immune booster right here in the middle of your chest. Is pat pat pat. And let's always remember to massage the breast underneath, get all those lymph glands loosened up, and then go all the way down to your navel and rub around the navel. Get that navel at the microbiome family. Happy, happy, happy. Woo! Love, love, love you, love you. And then let's remember our our kidneys and our adrenal glands back here. Give them a pat right back here. And a rub listeria. Thank you. Say thank you to your kidneys and adrenal glands. And uh, just be grateful and love, love, love kidneys and adrenal glands back here. Two of them. We got two of them. So let's, hallelujah. Let's give thanks. Give thanks for the breath. Breathe in, breathe in, exhale. Thank you, breath. Breathe in, breathe in. Thank you, body, for all that you do for me to live on this planet, to move on this planet, to love on this planet. People need love today. All right, we are ready now. I'm going to move away from my living space, turn around. And we're going to sit down and go to the studio. You see a little bit of my plants. My plants are growing all the way across the beans, bringing more oxygen life to my space here. And we're back in the studio with my dad's picture. This is uh, my second book that I wrote uh, about my dad who lived to be 95, even though he grew up in Jim Crow South. Uh, Louisiana and Chicago. So all you Chicago and this, he he was there for some Chicago from the age of nine actually to ninety five. So he was there eighty some years. So thank you, Dad, calling all the ancestors every day to be with me in this show. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me. If you are listening in Blog Talk Radio, and if you ever have any. Uh, sound problems, you can always go to my Facebook page, which is Facebook uh, Vieta, V-I-E-T-T-A, or Vieta Robinson, and Soul Purpose Healing. I'm also on Facebook Live, Soul Purpose Healing. You can hear uh, you can hear me there, 
or you can go to my YouTube channel. I'm uh, broadcasting live on YouTube, Viata's Tiny House Village. So we're here to inspire you and encourage you to do your very best every day and heal, help, help this body to function at its best. So as I was saying, this week I went to a water park called Aquatica here in Orlando with my granddaughter. She turned nine years old on Wednesday, so her birthday uh, gift to me was to be with her at this amazing water park. They got a wave pool. They got rides. You can slide down on tubes. We didn't do that. But we hung out in the Lazy River for an hour or more because um, there's a tube. There's like a big tube you can sit in, and it just floats, takes you along this, this pathway, the river that moves fast, one moves slow, and you take your time because it was hot. It was hot, hot, hot on uh, Wednesday in Florida. We were in, we're in the 90s right now. Today I am so grateful for clouds. Because it's my house. I don't have air conditioning yet. But it gets really hot during the day. And so I have to go to my son's house. But it's been hot. So water parks are so interesting. You can people watch naked bodies all day. And then we're not talking about anything bad or, or sexual, any of that. But it's amazing to see how people display their bodies at water parks even when there's lots of fat on it, okay? It was just wow, wow, wow all day long. I was like, wow, wow, wow. And no judgment at all. I, I'm at a place when I go to something like that, like, wow, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. Lots and lots of obese people. I was like, wow. Uh, skinny people, of course. There's lots of people sharing their buns, their, their uh, G-strings and their buns and all of, on display. And this place was packed. I've been to this park in the past because uh, my son works for SeaWorld, and this is a SeaWorld park, Aquatica. So I get in free, and my granddaughter gets in free. So we've been there in the past, yet Wednesday was extremely crowded. I mean, just people everywhere. Everybody's on vacation, summer break, all that. Uh, school's out. So it was packed with people. All day long, people, people, people. But this lazy river was just, oh, so relaxing. There you go. At one point, a waterfall just sprays you with cool, refreshing water. So we hung out there for a while. My granddaughter is a good swimmer now. And we hung out in that lazy river just cooling off because it was too hot to be out in the sand and the sun and this wave pool. She liked that. But obesity, it really is an epidemic. It, it becomes very clear when you're at a park like that because people have their clothes off, literally, when they're in their underwear. You might, let's just say people are in their underwear at, an, at a water park displaying all their fat. And so when we were leaving, this was the blessing for me and on another level because all that fun, every, people are laughing and eating Laughing, eating, and having fun in the water all day, all day, on the beach, on, on or lawn chair, on chairs, and under, we had an umbrella. But when we were leaving, there was one woman sitting right before we exited, sitting on the side. We, I noticed her, very obese woman, sitting on the side crying and got my attention. I'm like, look over there. I'm like, I, I had to go over and say, what is that? What's the matter? I'm thinking everybody's laughing and having a good time. 
And here's this obese woman sitting on the side just crying by herself. So I walk over and I say, what's the matter? And she says, I can't get my swimsuit on because it's too wet and I can't get it over I, I'm over the bottom or something. So the, the issue was she couldn't get her wet swimsuit back on her body. That was very obese. I'm, I'm looking at a very obese woman, and she couldn't get her swimsuit up, a full swimsuit up. So she was crying. Looked at my granddaughter, and I looked at her and said, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, yes. Oh, wow, that that was like an exciting moment for me because all that fun, fun, fun and bodies and eating was like, ah. But this was like what I was there for. I said, okay, so I prayed that she would have peace and that the Heavenly Father would help her in this moment to find a solution to her swimsuit problem, okay? And I just gave her that prayer and then my granddaughter gave her a hug. I didn't tell my granddaughter to hug her. She just knew that she need that woman needed a hug. And Grand, I'm always asking my granddaughter for hugs, so she knows we need hugs. So she gave her a hug, and the tears stopped. Now, I don't know if she got her swimsuit on or not, but I know in that moment that woman just needed some love because everybody's having fun, 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 fun. And who's going to help you get your swimsuit on that big body? So... Dr. Sunil Dahan is with us today to give us the breakdown of how bad this epidemic is. And we can be mindful, more mindful everywhere we go that this is an epidemic and that people are suffering. So we can at least take the time. I see we're almost ready for a break. So I don't want to start. Dr. Sunil's message is fairly long, so I don't want to start his message uh, before the break because uh, let's see if I have a short. Okay, so here is before we go to the break, we're gonna we're gonna address this obesity and metabolic disarray on every level: mind, body, spirit. Of course, there's a mind issue. If you know anyone who's obese. I don't have two. I do have an obese person in my family. That's a whole other story. But let me just um, play this before the break about the psychological reasons people overeat. And this is a real short one, just short enough before the break. And then we'll get in. After the break, we're going to hear from Dr. Sunil Rahan Dahan about this obesity epidemic. So here's just thinking, to get us thinking on every level why people have so much fat on their body and what we call obesity. And we're going to get into what we can do about it. But here's a psychological. It's important to realize that several psychological factors influence overeating. Emotional eating is something that's very common um, in my patients. So for example, many people will eat because they're feeling stressed or they're feeling depressed and many people use food as something to help fill a certain void in their life. So it's very important to evaluate um, your psychological health when you're trying to have a healthier lifestyle and trying to lose weight. 
So for my patients in particular, before they have weight loss surgery, we and insurance companies actually also require that they undergo a psychological evaluation. And this is very important because after weight loss surgery, our patients aren't physically able to eat the same volumes of food that they were eating before. So just because you have weight loss surgery doesn't mean that you're not going to still experience those emotions that you had before surgery. So it's important to find other ways to help cope with certain emotions. So if you feel that you are an emotional eater and you're overeating because you may be depressed or stressed, try to speak with your doctor or maybe a therapist or a psychologist to help find ways that you can better cope with these emotions. So right off, we know that um, obesity is more than likely tied to emotional health or not. And as she mentioned, when surgery is is, uh, chosen as an option to try and reduce the obesity, they need a psychological evaluation in in, in this medical psychiatrist's opinion. People who choose surgery to try and lose weight or reduce the obesity, uh, they are rec- it's recommended that they have an evaluation of their mind, and I would say an emotion, which probably isn't done very often. I had a family member who was obese. It was an in-law, and she had the surgery done, and they, they what they do is shrink the stomach. So supposedly... Uh, you can't fill that stomach up as much as you used to. And she had that surgery, and to this day, I think she weighs even more than she did when she had the surgery. So that surgery alone didn't work, just saying. Uh, And I don't know if anyone's out there and you know someone who had surgery and it worked, please call in, press 1, and let us know and share that with us so we can be educated and not ignorant about this subject. But from what you just heard, Uh, Any psychological um, evaluation is needed for someone who wants to have surgery to to reduce their their weight or to reduce obesity. Doesn't usually work, in my opinion, from my own personal experience with other people. I don't have a weight problem, praise y'all. I've never had a weight problem. So my my body structure is uh, genetically... uh, uh, put together by my grandfather's genes and all the other people before me, maybe. And I have a feeling my dad's mother, from the picture that I've seen of her, she was pretty heavy, and she was stout and, and had big bones, and she was probably overweight. And I feel like I'm her spirit come back. I came back as my in my grandmother's spirit because she was overweight, and I'm just the opposite. So she wanted to come back in this thin body. So I'm here. Thanks, Grandma. In me. My my ancestors are in me. Yeah, that's the way it works. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Dr. Sunil Dahan about this obesity epidemic and what he believes is causing it. Uh, and we want to share this to call your friends and relatives and um Tell them to join us, ask them to join us so that we can get to the bottom of this and create a a healthier. Some overweight people are healthy. I've noticed that they can do exercises, they can walk, they can do all these things, and they can do all the things I do even in a thin body. So that's a reality. 
But then we just have so many who are not healthy. So we're here to promote a healthier body. That's what this is all about because the powers that be are going to capitalize on uh, the obesity, the diabetes, the cancer. That's how they weaken us. When the fear comes in, if you're overweight and you're unhealthy, it's going to be a rough road to get to keep your health and to maintain your sanity. So we'll be right back with Dr. Sunil Dahan, who will talk to us about this um, this health, what he calls a health catastrophe. We'll be right back. Are you constantly arguing with your spouse? Are your children misbehaving and acting out? Is someone in your family abusing drugs? Have you been the victim of domestic violence? Are you grieving over the loss of a loved one? Let us help you restore serenity to your life. At Serenity Family Social Services, we understand that good mental health is a result of emotional well-being. Our goal is to assist you and your family in removing emotional distress and restoring harmony and balance to your lives. We offer individual, couples, and family counseling. I'm Howard Williams, CEO of Serenity Family Social Services. Call us today at 312-315-4820. That's 312-315-4820. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. Do you worry about finances, family, health, job, relationships? Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, Go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit zeldaspeaks.com. talking about why obesity epidemic is running rampant in the 
and the metabolic disarray that is um, is occurring along with this epidemic. So um, if you just join me, I'm on YouTube live right now, Beata's Tiny House Village. You can join me there or you can join me on Facebook live at Vieta or Beata Robinson or on my Soul Purpose Healing uh, uh, platform or right here in the Blog Talk Radio studio. We're talking about why is obesity epidemic uh, uh, alive and well today. And if you missed the beginning of the show, I shared how my granddaughter and I went to a water park called Aquatica this week on Wednesday uh, at um, uh, it's a SeaWorld um, company. We had the best time. It was so hot. We stayed in the in the lazy river most of the time, floating down the tube for around the park for hour for at least an hour because it was cool and waterfall. But there was an obvious, obvious presence of obesity, obesity everywhere. And there's nothing like being in a park full of people who are obese wearing bikinis and underwear. That's what it was. It's like, whoa, 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 every day, all around me. And so I'm talking about this because Dr. Sunil Dahan actually showed up in my um, YouTube channel with a new video. This was an hour, this hour-old video showed up by Dr. Sunil Dahan talking about the food health catastrophe in our in America, and so I'm going to I want to share that with you this morning because he is my favorite medical doctor, Dr. Sunil Dahan. He's conscious, he's honest, and he's informed, educated, and all of that. And this is a mind blowing for some uh, lecture. So I've got the audio I'm going to play and the video because I always need backup in this in this uh, platform here. Backup. I'm going to start the audio. And for those of you on Facebook and YouTube, you're going to see Dr. Sunil Dahan. Uh, and I don't own the rights, but I have permission to play this. Uh, you want to hear why we have this food genocide epidemic going on. So this is Dr. Sunil Dahan. Today, I would like to talk about something very important, extremely urgent, because the United States and other Western countries are in great danger. And this danger may not be what you think it is. It is not a foreign power. It is not strictly economic. And it certainly isn't climate change. This danger rests closer to home, and it namely is what we are eating and how it is destroying us as a society. Because, make no mistake, we are witnessing the biggest mass casualty event in human history and a slow mass murder. And I do not use those terms lightly. So what is it about what we are eating that is so damaging to our health? Well, I can sum it up in two words. Ultra-processed foods. Ultra-processed foods. What are ultra-processed foods? Well, as the name suggests, they are foods that are processed. They are man-made in factories, and they are far from their original source, from their natural source. They undergo a process, they have things added to them that are unnatural, and then people consume them. Millions of people everywhere 
are consuming these fake products. Now, one of the hallmarks of ultra-processed foods is sugar. They are extremely high in sugars. You have to be very careful because often food manufacturers will deliberately hide sugars under other names. They are also low in fiber. They contain other chemicals, processed seed oil, other additives, preservatives. And typically you will find a very long ingredient list. And you won't recognize what's even on the ingredient list. You see, a calorie is not a calorie. It is not that simple as just monitoring your calorie intake. It's what's done to the food and the metabolic disarray that results when we consume these types of foods. Statistics show now that over 70% of all energy intake in the United States is from ultra-processed foods. Other Western countries are fast catching up. In the United Kingdom, it's 50%. And this is a dramatic increase from a few decades ago when it was closer to zero. People ate natural food, which our body is built to process. And in children, the statistics are just the same. We as a society are feeding our children horrible, ultra-processed, fake, fake foods that food corporations have deliberately made addictive and hyper-palatable. They're artificial. They're addictive. They taste good. But they're awful for us. So what we have now resulting is a metabolic health catastrophe. Catastrophe. It's not a crisis. It's a real catastrophe. We are seeing this reflected in statistics. Research shows that now, under 10% of the United States is metabolically healthy, measured by different parameters, including body mass index, other blood work like cholesterol, blood sugars, HbA1c. Very few people are metabolically healthy. What's happened in a few generations? It certainly isn't genetics. Our genetics haven't suddenly changed. Now we are fast approaching we may even be at the point where you take the average person in sub-Saharan Africa, assuming it's not an extreme like a war-torn, a, um, a poverty-ridden nation where people are starving, but you take the average sub-Saharan African, you measure their blood tests, and they will have better lab markers than the average American. What the hell have we done to this country? And this will eventually bring the country down if we continue down this road. Again, I do not exaggerate. Higher taxes, decreased productivity, increased healthcare costs. When these ultra-processed foods are consumed, our body has no idea what we put into our bodies. Metabolic disarray results. Our liver is damaged. Insulin is secreted at way higher levels than our ancestors ever secreted insulin. We become insulin resistant. Our gut microbiome the trillions of organisms that reside naturally in our gut is destroyed and disease results. We all know what's happened to obesity levels over the last few decades, gone through the roof. And ultra-processed foods, high in these artificial substances, chemicals, sugars, is the main reason why. 
Yes, we are less active, but you cannot outrun a bad diet. You can do all the exercise you want, but if you're putting in the wrong food at the other end, you will never achieve metabolic success. So that is what is happening now with hundreds of millions of people that are getting the majority of their calories, energy intake from ultra-processed foods. Type 2 diabetes is soaring. It's going through the roof. And our medical establishment doesn't really want to address the root causes. Neither do any of the other big players who are totally corrupted. It is not normal for large numbers of teenagers to be getting type 2 diabetes. These things are unheard of. But the numbers are going through the roof. We have young adolescents now, large numbers with fatty liver disease. Some even approaching the stage where their livers are failing because they have been pumped with sugars, with artificial foods since they were born. What a tragedy for the next generation. And if you think numbers are bad right now, just wait another 10, 20 years and see what's going to happen. Obesity levels 30, 40 years ago were under 5%. Now, in the United States, over two-thirds of people are overweight or obese. Some states have obesity levels approaching 50%. Let that sink in. And all of the resulting disease processes that will occur. Obesity is not complicated, no matter how much you might hear that line from the establishment. There is a simple fix if we really want to address it and push it within medicine and healthcare. And of course we can do it with empathy and compassion. Of course we can. But we must do it for the sake of the future health and well-being of millions and millions of people. Because the reality is by the time someone even starts to put on weight and become obese, they have already become sick. You see, we get this the other, we think of this the other way around that people get obese and then get sick, but actually your cells have already become overloaded and you've already frequently become insulin resistant before anyone starts to put on weight. So the numbers right now are catastrophic and they're only going to get worse with time because we're heading in this awful, awful direction. And why are we heading in this direction? Take it from me. I was once someone who was trapped as well within this system. I used to eat a lot of ultra-processed foods, and I'm in medicine myself before my eyes were opened to what is really going on and how the entire system is set up to make people sick, to get them on a conveyor belt, especially in the United States. We have an entirely corrupted establishment that benefits many large players who benefit from large numbers of people being sick in our profit-driven system. Let's start with the medical establishment. Vast profits are generated from this problem, from people getting sick. And I'm not saying every individual doctor at the front line wants people to be sick, but of course the profits are made in this current system from more people being sick. So what incentive is there? to really address the root causes of these problems in society. Because I fail to believe that if the medical establishment was all in on this, that we wouldn't see the needle move. If they literally adopted the philosophy, the correct philosophy, that 
Every cell in your body, every thought that you have, is powered by what you're eating. Therefore, if you come to me with an issue, supposing it's a routine run-of-the-mill issue, possibly caused by inflammation, obviously a broken bone or an acute event is somewhat different. But surely a run-of-the-mill issue, the first question should be, well, what are you eating? Because that is immediately what's going to affect your health. But the medical establishment is not all in. Because we have become corrupted by other motives. In the United States, most physician societies are funded by pharmaceutical companies who obviously want more people to be on their medications. And think about the organizations leading us the CDC and FDA. They are also corrupted. They have other motives. The people at the top are on a merry-go-round with big industry. It's unacceptable. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a violation of the Hippocratic Oath. And if it was up to me, I would immediately defund and disband every single three-letter organization and only instill people who really care about the health and well-being and don't have any corrupted, vested financial interests. The organizations supposedly leading us are not worthy. They do not focus on root causes and they never will in their current state. What about other organizations like the American Heart Association? We're talking about a billion dollar organization. Look at their revenue. How does a heart association become a billion-dollar organization? Well, if you look at who funds them, frequently they are funded by the very organizations that they're supposed to be regulating. Food companies. Look into the history of the American Heart Association and how it was founded. This is what we're dealing with in healthcare for those of us who really want to improve things and turn the tanker around. Let's talk about big pharmaceutical companies. Billion dollar organizations who have done especially well over the last few years. Two thirds of Congress, two thirds of Congress has taken a check from a pharmaceutical company. The pharmaceutical industry and other healthcare product industries spent $400 million last year lobbying on Capitol Hill. What do you think they're lobbying for? The health and well-being of Americans? You think that's really what they wake up thinking about? No, they want more profits and they want favorable regulations. And these industries are, complete, are in complete lockstep with our top medical organizations. This is why in America it's very difficult to really have a chance if you rely on the system to keep you healthy. Not to mention big food. Well, big food and pharmaceutical companies are buddy-buddy with each other. It's a vicious circle. You eat the terrible food which is put in front of you. You're not made aware of the health risks. And then you get sick. And pharmaceutical companies make money. Currently, 10 companies almost completely control the food supply. These are conglomerates. They are massive trillion-dollar organizations and they have complete control over the food supply. And they deliberately make hyper-palatable, addictive foods that are not natural, 
that were not around a hundred years ago. Our great-grandparents didn't eat the food and they didn't get sick like we do with the same diseases and then rely on the pharmaceutical companies, quote-unquote, to save us. A word about these pharmaceutical companies who are supposedly going to save us. Go online and look at the fines that have been paid, the civil fines, the criminal fines, billions and billions of dollars only over the last 20 years that pharmaceutical companies have paid. They are among the most fraudulent companies in history. And that is not me saying that. Go and look at the numbers. If a medical professional had even one-tenth the criminal record of a pharmaceutical company, they would never be allowed near a patient again. Yet these companies are supposed to be our savior. Think about that for a moment. I'm not saying that everything that comes out of pharmaceutical companies are bad. I certainly am glad that I'm living in 2023 and not 1723. There are some great medications around, which we do occasionally need. But they are there for when we need them. They should not be there with the philosophy of let's get as many people on medications as possible and have them as customers for life. We've gone badly, badly wrong, ladies and gentlemen. So what can you all do about this? What can you do for yourself and your family to stay healthy? Because it is not easy in today's environment, especially in the United States and many other Western countries. I'm from the United Kingdom. It's fast, sadly, approaching the U.S. The United States brought this problem to the whole world. Ultra-processed foods that are cheap, they are addictive. Well, obviously, the first rule is to just have an awareness. Have an awareness that this food is not natural. Same with drinks, sodas, etc. are not natural. Now, nobody's saying that you can never have a treat, but have an awareness that food that is not natural, that your gut was not built for, will eventually have an effect on you if you are consuming these foods in vast, vast quantities. Have an awareness. Read food labels. I accept that in today's world, cost is an issue. But if you think healthy foods, fresh foods, ideally organic foods without pesticides even, if you think they are expensive, try getting sick and see how expensive that is, especially if you're in the United States. Making that change in your life of switching from mostly ultra-processed foods like most people eat now to real foods, foods that were around 100 years ago, that people ate 100 years ago, that your great-grandparents ate, do not underestimate the difference that this can make to your physical and mental health. I know people that have made the switch, and literally, within weeks, they notice an enormous difference physical and mental health. Yes, I said mental health as well, because we don't think about that enough. Everything in us is powered by what we eat, including our brain. Junk in, junk out. All that ultra-processed foods, the sugars, the seed oils, other artificial ingredients, it's wreaking havoc with your internal system, if that's what you are mainly eating. And there are so many great ways to make real food. It takes a bit of effort. You can season it. You can add spices. Do whatever you want that you find tasty. But get that food from natural sources. Commit to that for yourself and your family. And if you, like me, detest the system around you, 
that is making so many people sick, that is profiting off this conveyor belt, wants people to be sick and dependent, there is no better way to stick your finger up at the establishment than to make the right decisions every day, stay healthy. Of course, there are other components to this, like exercising, good sleep, working on any stress in your life. But the number one thing, by far, is what you eat, what you put into your body. Commit to that. Make that switch in your life. Real food, natural food, what nature intended. We have this one body. It is a true gift, a real gift to us. Treat it well. We're only on the planet for a short amount of time. We owe it to ourselves to be the best version of ourselves possible. Thank you. Now, you are not going to find many doctors speaking that truth. That's what I call truth. That's why I love Dr. Sunil Dahan. And so, um, whatever, if you have a comment or a question or you want to share your own journey uh, with food and emotions, the next hour we're going to talk more about emotions because uh, what's driving, I think, the food uh, obesity epidemic is people's emotions. That's at the root cause of why people are eating all this crappy chemicals. I don't eat... I don't really think you can call it food. It's chemicals. My granddaughter and I were having a conversation in the kitchen the other day uh, because she wanted to eat something. Uh, Oh, it was a bagel. Okay, my granddaughter wanted a bagel. That's all she wanted for breakfast. So I pulled the bagel out the freezer, and I couldn't help but look at the ingredients. And I said, look, honey, you need to start paying attention to what the ingredients are on these so-called chemical packages. I just laid it out. She turned nine years old. She's ready for this. I said, look at this. Look at these ingredients. You can read now. If you can't pronounce them, they probably don't need to be in your body. And so she only ate half that bagel, thank goodness. She didn't want the other half. I think Grandma convinced her that it wasn't real food. So this is where we as grandparents, as adults come in with this new, this younger generation is helping our younger people choose wiser. When 50 years ago, we got to go to a break, and I do have a person who's pressed one in the studio. I'm going to get to you right after the break. When I was um, 12, 13, I was eating more junk probably than you can imagine. And I, I think back on my childhood. I probably had every candy bar they ever made, Almond Joy, um, Peanut, uh, M&M, you name it. It's been in this body. But I think the big difference with my generation in the 60s and 70s, we were moving. I didn't have a car. I was on a bike. I was uh, using a bike. I had to walk to the bus stop. I had to go uh, to the train. I didn't have any cars. So uh, we couldn't be lay too lazy. And then there wasn't a lot of choices on television back in the 60s and 70s. So the only way we got away with eating all that junk food, junk chemicals, was we moved more. So that's my philosophy, move more, eat less. My friend uh, Ellie Tom Elamine is in Africa right now, moving around on foot, eating 
zero food. This man is an alien in my opinion, but he's been uh, moving around and he shows it all the time. And I was in a three-day workshop with him and I observed no eating, no drinking. He has mastered the balance of uh, nourishing his body with nature. And his emotions are like, he doesn't get depressed, sad. His emotions stay in joy. That's how he does it. Emotional balancing. And he doesn't eat anything or drink. So the key, part of the key is managing your emotions and not eating a whole lot of chemicals like my granddaughter is learning. I have to teach her because she has an appetite. Her birthday came no vegetables, and the next day when her brother joined us, he said, well, you know, on birthdays we don't eat broccoli or green beans. We don't eat green food. We don't have to eat vegetables. I'm like, who told you that? (laughs) This is how they think. Vegetables are out on birthdays. You know, it's all ice cream and pizza and uh, sweets. And then the next day they think they want to keep that habit up of ice cream and pizza and junk. Grandma kicks in, dad kicks nope, we're having green beans tonight for dinner with the rest of your food, but we're going to start adding back the green food. So got to laugh at some of this. It's got really crazy but humorous. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. And I hope you'll share this message with friends and family who either are struggling with their obesity or who are struggling with their diet because we're going to talk about the root cause of all this when we come back. It's a struggle because uh, our emotions are not healthy, basically. That's where it, it, it really comes down to uh, not having healthy emotions. So we'll be right back. At don't, don't stray, stick and stay, as our executive producers say, and we'll be right back talking about the root causes and getting to more professionals, talking about how eating disorders explain how trauma creates food disorders and all that. We'll be right Oh, man. God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Have you ever dreamed of going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people, enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, we will share travel tips that will help you stay safe while you enjoy the journey. 
Join me every third Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, and move around with Deborah here on the Female Solutions Show. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak. In to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Sofa Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. Today. So if you're having any problem hearing me on Blog Talk Radio, you can go to Facebook Live, Vieta, Vieta Robinson, or you can go to my Soul Purpose Healing Facebook uh, platform or YouTube channel, which I don't promote enough, but Vieta's Tiny House Village is on YouTube. Because we want you to get this message in you. I know some of, for some of you this is probably old news reminder, but um, I, if you just join us, I, I shared how this week I went to a water park with my granddaughter who turned nine years old. And I observed without judgment, at least I tried, all the obese people in bikinis and underwear. Oh, my goodness. It was like, and there were thousands of them everywhere. The park was so crowded. All day long, it was mostly obese people wearing bikinis and G-strings and hanging out their bodies. So. And then when we left, an obese woman was crying because she couldn't get her wet bathing suit back on her obese body. And all I could do was I had so much sympathy for her. I prayed for her, and my granddaughter hugged her, and we went on our way. We left the park. All that entertainment. You know, that's what I began to see. I wanted to observe without judgment all these fat people, obese people in bikinis. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to observe. And then when I left, this woman needed our, my prayer. I prayed for her to get her wet bathing suit on this fat, obese body. And my granddaughter was able to express sympathy and give this woman a hug. She, I didn't even tell her to do it. She saw the need. Someone crying couldn't get their bathing suit on their wet, bat, obese body. It was it was great entertainment for several hours. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I'm so grateful that for most of the time I was able to observe without judgment. That's why we're doing this show, Obesity. Dr. Sunil Dahan just spoke to us for, what, 18 minutes. He, he detests what's going on in these systems that are creating this obesity, creating this sickness. And he kept referring to the healthcare system. And I say it's a sick care system. They promote it. They want you to get sick. They want you to get obese. Why? Sell drugs. Oh, that's what lobbyists do. As he said in this this very informative 
uh, wake up video. These uh, lobbyists don't are not lobbying for our health and and well being. They're lobbying for money, money, profit, profit, putting money in. What did he say? Two thirds of our congressmen and people working in D.C. are being paid by lobbyists to do the bidding of the corporations. So here we are, waking up, waking up to the reality that Dr. Sunil Dahan brings to us. We have an epidemic of obesity. What are we going to do about it? This next hour, we're going to get into some of why the eating disorder specialists explain how trauma creates food disorders. And Dr. Tracy Marks is going to be with us to talk about binge eating disorders, how it triggers and what the treatments are. So let me go to the phones. Thank you, thank you for joining me. If you have a comment or a question, raise your hand by pressing one in the Blog Talk Studio. And if you make a comment in Facebook, I'll share it uh, with my audience. So let's go to 706-202. I know you've had your hand up for a while. Uh, I believe that's Brother Kwame Sunhorse. Uh, welcome, my brother. Your mic is open. Grand Rising, Sister Riata, an excellent show and topic because I sent you a few pieces because a lot of the indigenous people that we have gathered together in saying that there has to be a decolonization of food because like your your clip said, hundreds of years ago, our great-grandparents ate and there was a diet and, well, it was it was nutrients that was good for the spirit. And this is what you have, you know, disconnected because they've colonized ways in which we connect to the earth. And there was an elder woman said that we should not be eating anything that is not in its own packaging. Because right. the things in which, which which comes from the earth, it's, in its, it's already in its own packaging. And so being able to consume that which is medicine, because these are our relatives, and the part that we're looking at is is that they've taken away the culture of a people and forcing them to choose a diet that is not conducive to what their culture and what their ancestors have been used to eating. We didn't have these diseases until we became invaded. And then the herding of people into plantations and reservations and urbanization has created a lack of spiritual connection. And this is the key because, like you said, the the breathitarian, he in himself is that he is connected to spirit, and that's what he's using as his nutrition. And so the part for us is is that the the earth is our mother that she is connected to the overground when I talk about the overground railroad because what's over us is the Milky Way and what is the first thing that a child receives if it doesn't get it from a chemical it's it's mother's milk and so we're being fed over us by our Milky Way and, and the energy and the consciousness that is being sent down to the planet, and the planet resonates those frequencies. And so what we're looking at is how do we decolonize because we understand the colonization because we're living it, we're seeing the genocidal process 
being done to humans on this planet. So what we are now making awareness is, is that how do we decolonize and how do we get back to our ancestral ways of culture, cultural nutrition? And so I thank you for, for bringing this forward because everything is in divine order. Tomorrow, my mom celebrates her 91st birthday. She's been on this Ooh. planet 91, 91 years. And the thing about what I, I said, and we've had conversations, she knew her great-grandmother who was born in captivity in four. And I, I'm saying that, that that's something that, that for me, is being able to communicate with her and for her to tell me about this woman who was born in captivity on a plantation in Mississippi. So it's, it's time that we, we begin to look at our elders, and we as elders have to stop being generational thieves and being able to share in these things in which we have lived through, like you said, you ate all the candies, but you moved around and you were able to burn that up and not keep it because we as elders look at something. I've had 10-7 body changes because the body re-changes its cellular level every seven years. Every seven years, your body remakes itself cellularly. And so what you have to look at is is that there is the opportunity to change. And this is what the, the clip was telling us, is that we have this opportunity because the nutrition that we get from the earth has a frequency. Every plant and everything that comes from the earth has frequency. And when we put in frequencies that are conducive to life, not death, and this is what the death industry has been doing, a manufacturing product to kill you slowly because this is the part of what they're eliminating. As much as they can as eliminating these people that they don't have to worry about this two, three hundred pounds overweight, they don't have to worry about them being any threat to their, their system. So we've got to begin to make this awareness that you're doing today and bringing that because it affects the spirit and the spirit, it deals with your emotions. And this is what you're getting ready to speak on, is how do we deal with the emotional diet, the emotional nutrition? How do you feed the spirit? And that we use the word spiritual, and we got to understand the ritual. And it's great that you're now guiding that young, your granddaughter, because She's getting ready at nine years old. In a few more years, she'll be becoming a woman because she'll her body will produce that which is going to be new life. And so in being able to guide her as to what she's putting into her temple and being able to, to give her the right knowledge and, like you said, truth, truth will set you free. And the only way you're going to free is you have to have that which you come on the planet, you have to have the tools to construct yourself. Being and becoming is what we are, human beings. We've got yes. to become the spiritual reflection of our creator. So I thank you thank for this show. 
Thank us. Thank God. Give mom a big hug and a kiss for me too. 91 is so precious to to feel and hear and see in our parents. It's so precious when they get into the 90s. And like you said, you want to learn as much as you can from her and her 91-year experience. That's powerful, powerful wisdom. So thank you so much, um, Kwame, for sharing that. And, you know, one of the things I, I want to share just before I go to the next caller, 321-368, you're next. Uh, I had the worst menstrual uh, experience in my teens, and my granddaughter is getting ready to uh, experience that period of time where her she has menses preparing, changing her puberty and all that. And one of the things I remember is my stepmother took me to a doctor because I had such pain. I would vomit the first day, and I was pain all day. That doctor never once asked me, what are you eating? Not once. I don't remember. You know what he did? He put me on birth control pills. And that actually helped my, my menstrual. Somehow that drug worked, and the pain went away. But never ask me all about all the sugar I was eating and junk food that I was putting in my body, and I had no idea that there was a connection. But now I do. I realize that's what was causing part of the inflammation in my body with all that sugar and candy and junk food I was eating. Even though I was active, that food was causing inflammation, and when it came time for my body to go through that monthly menstrual adjustment, pain, pain, pain. So I'm grateful for that now. Thank you so much, uh, Kwame Sunhorse, for uh, all that wisdom, because this is a reminder today. As I said, most of you have probably heard this message before, but, whoa, when you go to a water park and see all these obese people in your face, you're like, whoa, what's happening here? What what happened? They're in your face. You got to do something, and that's what I'm here to share and inspire and hopefully uh, motivate you to do something. So we've got another caller, uh, 321-368. Your mic is open. Welcome. Give us your name. Where are you calling from? Are you there? Good morning. Yeah, I'm here. Good morning. Good morning. Mikael Elburn. Yes, this is Mikael. Um, well, thank you for calling. Yeah, well, you're welcome. I started not to because there's so many things that I would like to talk about on this particular subject, and I could just go on and take up the rest of your program. But <laughs> I'll try to give some things that I think might be to, you know, in this awareness uh, journey that, that we're on. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that, you know, as a result of your continued program, I've come to love that doc, Dr. Sunil, too. I mean, he is so much on point, and he says what, he, what he's going to say without biting his tongue. I think that's great, and I support him. And just like what he says, you know, I've, I've been studying natural remedies in health for over 30 or 40 years, all aspects of it. I studied the conventional. I studied the natural herbal uh, vitamins, minerals, food sources, and all that stuff. And for, for decades, I've been reading labels. And I've noticed this, and I've shared it with, with people and even groups of people. Because a lot of things, okay, for instance, I would read a label and I would see, okay, certain things on there that were okay, 
that were natural. Then, you know, I would eat those particular foods, but then I would notice after a few years, I'm reading the label again because I stopped reading that particular label for that particular thing because I, I had you know, already declared it as okay. All right, but then a few years later here, I'm just reading the label again for I guess the Spirit is leading me to do this or something because I'm seeing now different stuff. And I'm seeing that it's not, they've already changed. And just like the doctor said, they're putting these, these chemicals and all of these things. And so what I did was, you know, I'm a researcher. I do a lot of study. I do a lot of reading. I'm, I'm online too, but I went and got a, and bought a book on additives because a lot of those names, like he said, I didn't know what the heck I was reading. What is that? You know, and so I got this book, and I was able to uh, find out about what a lot of these additives was, and so I would share it with people. But then, long story short, now, as I said, that's just one aspect. I wanted to go back, as I told you, there's a lot of things I could talk about on this that I want, wanted to, and one I was thinking about uh, as a child, just like uh, you said, the other, uh, candy, cookies, potato chips, soda pops, every day. And, and, you know, of course, we don't know, we didn't realize as children the addictive nature of this and that. They, that they purposely put in things to make you addictive, okay? Uh, I'd go, go to school with a pocket full of candy almost every day for lunch. The lunch was potato chips and, and a soda and cookies because there was a, a, a store right across a confectionery store right across the street from the school. And just like I was telling uh, somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a few weeks ago, that also, now that was elementary school. In high school, there was a, a, a bakery right across. And then we used to hit that bakery before going home. As soon as school's out, everybody's over there at that bakery. But, okay, I said all that to say this. Eating all that junk stuff when I was a child, I believe has def- definitely repercussions on where I am now, suffering from, you know, liver condition. And uh, actually, you know, it's minimizing because I've been doing, st- you know, helpful things for, for years to try to rectify the liver uh, challenge that I, that I had. And then, you know, you got prostate problems, uh, and which which relates to also these these things that they put in our food because I found out that prostate problems have to do with a lot of inflammation. And we're eating a lot of inflamed foods, just about all the grains and all that stuff that we, it's, it's inflammatory. And then I could go into the more distinct or detail of that, that inflammation, but I'm not going to. I want to share this uh, because this relates to what you were saying about the emotional uh the emotional uh, part of food addictions, certain kinds of addictions. Because I, re- I was remembering when you when you were talking, I was I went back and I was thinking about my first wife, and and I remember uh, when we when we got married, we we both were we had an excellent uh, weight. We both weighed the same thing. All right, but. Over a period of, of years, I guess after about maybe 
five, six, seven years, her weight just started to go up and up and up. And uh, and here's the reason why. I was putting her through so much hell. You know, being a Vietnam vet, suffering from all this, you know, and I'm not excusing myself for that. But And then childhood issues that I had that was manifesting during during my first marriage. I put that woman through hell. And uh, she, okay, I didn't want her to work. I wanted her, you know, when we had children, I wanted her to just stay home and raise the children and all that. So that kind of encouraged her to come out of the workforce. And so she was at home most of the time, all right? And so consequently, by virtue of what I was, how I was treating her, putting her through hell, she was, uh, I guess, relating to the comfort foods that Viata always talks about. And so I used to find sometimes cookie boxes, donut containers or whatever, you know, sometimes they'd be in the weirdest place in the closet under the bed, all kind of stuff. And I wasn't looking for this kind of stuff, but I would see it. And I was realizing why she was gaining all this weight because she was putting, she was taking out in the comfort foods and, you know, Concerning what I was had done to her, and, and also she had a traumatic upbringing too. She had to leave home even before I think she was eighteen uh, because of the treatment of, of her mom, who was abusive. But anyway, long story short, uh, eating all this, she ended up having to have uh, gallbladder surgery. Uh, uh, surgery. She had a gallbladder taken out. I used to try to tell because back even back then I was studying natural stuff and I was trying trying to get her on natural things that would help to relieve the uh, inflammation, the gallstones, and that would dissolve the gallstones and all this kind of stuff. I, I had had her own stuff, but actually it was kind of like late in the game, and also she didn't have the faith in the natural remedies that I was talking about, even though she did use them. She used them reluctantly, and then she eventually, she had, because see, she, when she was in the workforce, she was in the medical uh, field. And so she had a lot of faith in these doctors. And the doctors convinced her, you got to have your gallbladder uh, taken out. Well, I shared stuff with her that, okay, if you get your gallbladder which uh, which emulsifies fat with that, you know. I said, what are you going to do? What's your body going to do? I know that your body will adapt, and then there's other parts of your body or other systems that will kind of try to make up for that, but they they won't make up totally. And so in, long story short, she ended up obese, like they're saying, addicted to all, a lot of these chemicalized foods and so forth and so on, and then it ultimately ended up, with cancer, diabetes, all kind of stuff, almost died. And I'm going to stop that there. And I think I need to be quiet because, as I said, I could go wow. on with some other stuff. I'm sure everybody is going, wow, wow. But thank you so much, Mikhail, for sharing that uh, because we need to hear that, uh, how the sick care industry medical system is killing us and 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 it just affirms what dr sunil just shared with us he is so angry he he's just, i know i'm sure you heard how he's controlling his anger but he used the word detest so often in his in his speech 
thank you, Tael. Uh, we got to go to a commercial. But Dr. Sunil said he detests, he detests the system, the system, because he's a medical doctor. And he is seeing, and this video is only a couple of days old. And when I first saw it, I think it had been just posted one hour. So I love those instead of the ones that are five years old, three years. I try and choose the most recent ones. But Dr. Sunil is giving us current observation as a medical doctor and what he's seeing, and it's obviously getting worse. And from what I saw at the water park, whoa, 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 it is bad. It's pretty bad when the majority of the people in that park are obese. And you see the little skinny ones hanging out their their buns and and wearing G-strings, but for the most part, the shocking ones are all the obese ones wearing their underwear and bikinis. Whoa. So uh, I got over that, and I'm sharing with you why we need to take action now. So uh, I'm going to go to commercial break, our last commercial break. When we come back, I want to just share. I have another caller, but I want to share with you a very important audio about um, eating disorder specialists. She explains how trauma creates food disorders. And then Dr. Tracy Marks talks about binge eating disorders and the treatment. So we've got still a lot to cover when we come back. Uh, So thank you uh, for being here with us today, and we'll be right back. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato. Radio show as we explore that relationship that is the foundation for our society, the relationship between men and women, husbands and wives. Join our discussion as we seek to repair broken family ties and rebuild our community. 
Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment 515-605-9325. Press 1 to speak to our hosts. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash the-female-solution. weight loss and health, right? So they reinvent the wheel for that reason. And I'm sure you've seen a variety of fad diets, whether it's, oh, you know, right now we're going vegan. Wait, no, we're going paleo. Wait, no, it's 30, 30, 40 equal portions of everything. Wait a second. We can do everything but eat beans. It, it just, it always, it goes on and on and on. And the reality is that weight loss, weight maintenance is simple science. It's Eat less, move more. Food that you consume has calories in it. Calories are units of energy. Energy that does not get burned gets stored as fat. Fat is stored energy. And then obviously use common sense with your food choices. We all know not to eat things in our food that is not food. Fake fat, fake flavor, fake sugar, and so on. So in reality, if it is this simple being healthy, why do so many struggle with it? And that's because people utilize food for a variety of emotional reasons, whether it's a coping mechanism or whether it's affording them a deeper connection with another individual in their lives. And that's what we have to get to the bottom of. And I remember somebody once said to me, people are fat because they want to be fat. And I remember going, what an a-hole you are. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized it was true. The more I began to work with people who were overweight, the more I began to see what it meant to them. And it could have been a connection with a parent. It could have been a connection to grieving the loss of somebody and feeling like if you stop eating like this, you've moved on with your life and you're no longer connected to them. It could be a sense of control. It could be a defense mechanism against being vulnerable and getting hurt in relationships. But that is one of the reasons that losing weight or getting healthy is so difficult because it requires us to give up something that has been providing comfort and a defense against hurt for a very long time. It's not because people are weak or stupid or lazy or genetically fat. It's funny, I ask people a lot of times, right, and if I was to ask you right now, why is it that you want to be healthy? And I would always ask contestants on The Biggest Loser, first day, right? And they would show up and they would get on the scale because they would get on the scale before they ever had their first workout. And they would be like, I'm changing my life. I'm never going to see this number again. I'm changing the world. I'm changing my neighborhood, my school, my family, my partner, my so on and so forth, right? Five minutes into the first workout, they're rolling on the floor. They're crawling through the door. They're crying. They're throwing up. And in that moment, I was like, okay, so now why did you come here? Why did you want to come to this place? This place is not easy. Being healthy is hard work. What is it? And they would say, well, I want, I just want to be healthy. And I would go, great, what does that mean to you? And then I would get like the Scooby-Doo. It was, whoa. And people don't think about it. They really don't know. If I was to ask you right now, what does health look like in your life? What's your answer? Is it, 
I want to wear a two-piece instead of a one-piece at spring break because I'm 22. Or is it, I want to see my grandchildren graduate from college because I'm 62. Or is it, you know what, I want to have sex with the lights on, which by the way I think is tremendously overrated, but nevertheless, it's not dark all the time. Whatever your motivation is, that's what's critical. And it could be that you're a new mom. It could be that you want to wear skinny jeans. It could be that you want to run a marathon. You need to think about what ways health will improve the quality of your life because I'm going to tell you right now that getting healthy usually is displeasurable. Most of us would rather be watching our favorite TV show than sweating it out at the gym. Most of us, not all, but most. Most of us would prefer pizza to grilled salmon. And so in order for these behaviors in the moment that are less than pleasurable to become manageable, you've got to have perspective and a long-term goal that's worth it. And we call that finding your why. Uh, and there's a great quote. If you have a why to live for, you can tolerate the how. And the how is the work and the sacrifice associated with the goal. And so this is where you need to ask yourself some really powerful questions of what is it that I want for myself in detail? What do I want for my future? How do I see this improving the quality of my life? And you might find in the beginning you draw a complete blank. And the reason for this is because so many of us live in the way that we think we should, that we've forgotten what it is we really want. So I have an exercise for you. I want you for the next two weeks to set your alarm on the hour every hour, waking hours only, I'm not a complete monster. And when it goes off, I want you to ask yourself what you're doing right now in the moment. And then subsequently, how does it make you feel? And by teaching yourself to become present, you're better able to start identifying the things that you do want, that you are passionate about, and that will help you start to cultivate your why. Professional opinion about weight loss and emotions. And Naima just put something out there that I hadn't thought about, but I know uh, it's relevant that we had a lot of Kool-Aid and um, pig intestines. Okay, Naima, you had to put it that way, huh? Kool-Aid, that's the sugar, because you didn't, you didn't eat those little envelopes of Kool-Aid. My mind is going back to the 60s and 70s. So, no, 60s, mostly the 60s. That little pack of Kool-Aid, tear it open, pour some white sugar in there, and all day you're dipping your finger in the Kool-Aid envelope, getting your sugar fix, the drug, a big drug, Kool-Aid and sugar, yum, yum, yum. And then the pig intestines, we call them chitlins. That's slave food. Thank you, Naima, for reminding us that we had a lot of slave plantation food growing up. Our parents were, you know, fresh mentally off the slave plantation, many of them, and Kool-Aid, pig intestines, and in our house, we had a lot of Hawaiian punch. My dad would bring cases of Hawaiian punch, nothing but high fructose corn syrup, and we just had a ball. That was our drug of choice. So, Today, just remember that hourly alarm thing is, okay, what am I eating today? Am I eating drugs? Am I putting drugs in my body or am I really nourishing my body with real food, not chemicals? So let me go back to the phones. We've got a few people who want to speak. 
And I want to hear from you. We want to help you today to get deliverance, deliverance and freedom from your addictions if we can. Let's get to the bottom of it and uh, let's talk. So let me go to 773-530. Your mic is open. Welcome. Uh, go ahead and share. And if you have a go ahead. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, this is AMG Peace God um, here in the Mecca, Chicago, Illinois, province of Illinois. Um, you know what I mean? Just um, speaking on a topic, um, healing for me, um, it looks like. Uh, men getting back in their rightful positions. Uh, healing for me looks like uh, uh, men taking back um, their children and women. You know what I mean? We, you know what I mean? Seeing that um, men is the the main cause of a lot of trauma and things that's going on. So, you know, I encourage all the men to get out here uh, June 18th, 5531 South King Drive for the Peace Caravan Parade. You know what I mean? Where we heal and talk about the healthiness of atonement on the land. You know what I mean? Um, healing, uh, the reason why most people, they don't go towards healing is because it's like the no pain, no gain. You know what I mean? Whether you're talking about getting in the gym and um, shedding off a couple of pounds and maintaining that healthy body, you know what I mean? That's, that, that's pain. You know what I mean? Whether you talk about um, choosing a more healthier uh, um, lifestyle of eating, you know what I mean? You, um, most of us know that... Um, you know, the herbs, you know what I mean, they're very healthy for our body, but we all know that those those herbs, they don't taste like that good slice of pizza. So, you know what I mean, people would rather go towards the, the good slice of pizza than those elderberries, than those um, burdock roots, than those uh, uh, various herbs that, you know, they don't taste um, pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know what I mean? But we all know that um, um, it breathes life. You know what I mean? So I don't want to uh, stay too long, but, you know what I mean, I would encourage all those to get into a, a, a herbal um, a lifestyle, not a diet, but a herbal lifestyle. And uh, when you go towards that light, of course, uh, it's no pain, no gain. So, you know I mean, like I said, whether you're in the gym room or whether you're choosing a, 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 a healthier way of eating, um, it's definitely going to be um, pain. But through the pain, it's light. You know what I mean? And through the pain, not just light, it's life. So, um, uh, you know what I mean? That's my spill on the topic. Uh, I thank God once again. It's AMG Peace God. Encourage all the men out there because, you know what I mean, uh, uh, women and children, they are, uh, uh, you know what I mean, they are given uh, um, grace. You know what I mean? But men, we have no excuse to go towards that pain, to get that gain. And that gain will be a uh, healthier lifestyle, uh, uh, our women and children protected. Uh, and uh, our women and children provided for a healthy lifestyle. You know what I mean? So praise be to God for the female solution, for having AMG Peace God located here in the Mecca, province of Illinois. Thank you. All right, right on time, Mr. AMG Peace. And AMG reminds us of healing relationship because what he just said about men healing the relationships with your women, your children, that's all part of the emotional healing that's needed first before we're going to heal this obesity epidemic. So thank you so much, AMG Peace, for reminding us of that. And here's another professional. Dr. Tracy Marks brings uh, wisdom about binge eating uh, disorder. No, wait a minute. Before I do that, I want to introduce you to a, woman, a professional who talks about She's an eating disorder specialist, and she talked, explains how trauma creates food People disorders. with eating disorders in general. 
don't want eating disorders. We like to think like, oh, that would never happen to me. Any one of us could develop an eating disorder. We're no different. I'm Ashley McCann, and I'm a therapist in Jacksonville, Florida. I work with an eating disorder center and in private practice. Individuals with anorexia, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder, all of these individuals with eating disorders likely experience a considerable amount of preoccupation with food. What I'm going to eat, what I'm not going to eat, when and where. It might be feeling that I don't belong or I don't fit unless my body looks a certain way. But it's not that that is really what the person is looking for. What the person is looking for is a sense of belonging, of connection, of love, feeling worthy or valuable, of feeling safe or secure. Oh, there are so many. They're about vanity, that they're simply about food, that people should just be able to stop, that people are different than us. ARFID is an acronym that stands for Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. Previously known as Selective Eating Disorder, this was introduced in 2013 with the DSM-5. ARFID is a diagnosis uh, in which we see people significantly restricting what foods they eat, the number of foods they eat, how much food they eat. But the difference between picky eating and someone with ARFID is that that anxiety, it leaves people feeling powerless. While someone who as a picky eater might not like to eat certain things, they won't be shut down by the idea of doing it. ARFID is similar to most eating disorders in that there is this intense underlying anxiety. And the way in which it's different is that it's not restrictive to meet the end of um, a body image disturbance or dysmorphia. There's no drive for thinness. When we have an experience of trauma, again, we might feel out of control, powerless and helpless. So trauma can really prime us to develop all kinds of maladaptive patterns. And eating disorders really can operate in the same way. People can use them to numb, to get out of a feeling, or for some it's to create a different feeling state. But for all of them, you know, that, that common thread is that underlying anxiety or pain or discomfort that suffering that they're trying to alleviate. The longer someone has had an eating disorder, the more deeply ingrained those patterns and behaviors are, the more treatment they might need. The path to recovery might vary. Where there's a clear and present trauma, we might be looking initially at doing trauma therapy and then food reintroduction. And when it's sensory, we might go right at food exposure. Whenever I'm working with an individual with any kind of eating disorder, I'm working as well with a doctor and a dietitian. And so together, we're looking at labs and um, making recommendations based on what is needed for balance. Depending on where someone lives, what kind of insurance they have, or what their financial status is, treatment may or may not be accessible. Another barrier to treatment for many individuals is simply awareness. Uh, being unaware that ARFID is a diagnosis, for example, because so many people, especially males with eating disorders, there's shame. Professionals want to diagnose us with a problem, a disease, a medical condition, so they can do what? Make money. Uh, we are at a place 
in our society where big pharma has a solution for everything. It's the drugs. So this that woman was is a professional and she deals with eating disorders and she wants to diagnose her patients and as she said, she usually has a doctor involved, a dietitian. All those are part of the sick care system. But here's Dr. Tracy Marks. I love her 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 point of view about things. She's a professional, she's a psychiatrist, but she does bring in usually more natural solutions. Binge eating disorders, triggers and treatments. That's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm Dr. Tracy Marks, a psychiatrist, and I publish weekly videos on mental health education and self-improvement. If you don't want to miss one, click subscribe and the notification bell. This video is based on a viewer question by T, and the question is, Hi, I enjoy your videos. I find them, as you say, educational, which is much appreciated. I would like to see a video that talks about binge eating disorder, please. Thanks, T, for this question. I'll start out by talking about what binge eating disorder is. It's not the same as bulimia, which involves eating large quantities of food and then using things to purge the food, such as over-exercising, vomiting, or using laxatives. Binge eating disorder is a newly defined disorder and the criteria is as follows. Eating a massive amount of food in a short period of time, like over a couple of hours, and this would be more than what the average person would eat. While you're doing this, you feel out of control, like you just can't stop eating. So this is different from sitting down at a picnic and packing your stomach because the ribs are really good, or eating a lot at Thanksgiving. This eating behavior has to occur at least once a week for a period of three months. Also, while you're eating, you must have at least three of these five things going on. You can eat much faster than normal. You feel uncomfortably full. You eat large amounts of food, even though you're not really hungry. You eat alone because you're ashamed of how much you're eating. And then after you eat, you feel disgusted, depressed, or guilty. On a severity scale, binge eating disorder is considered mild if you have one to two binge eating episodes a week. It's moderate if it happens four to five times a week, severe if it's eight to 13 times a week, and extreme if you have 14 or more binge eating episodes a week. But all you need is one episode a week for three months to be considered having the disorder. There's lots of factors that play into how someone develops an eating disorder, but there has been research linking specific emotions that trigger the binge episodes in binge eating disorder or BED. Binge eating disorder episodes have been shown to be triggered by sadness, anger, and frustration. In fact, in some studies, anger and frustration were stronger triggers than sadness and depression. In one study, and these study references will be in the description, frustration was broken down more specifically to be emotions like discouragement, guilt, irritation, inadequacy, and resentment, just to name a few. If you notice, all of these emotions tend to be associated with some kind of interpersonal interaction. And this, this is important because one of the recommended treatments for binge eating disorder is a specific therapy called interpersonal therapy. But regardless of the trigger and, um, and the emotions with BED, 
you're unable to tolerate dealing with the negative emotions in a healthy way, and eating becomes the coping mechanism. The eating may provide some temporary relief, but it doesn't last that long because it's quickly followed by guilt and shame. And it's no surprise that the kinds of foods that people binge on are the high sugar and high fat foods. These foods themselves can make you feel good by giving you spikes in energy. People just don't binge on celery because it doesn't make you feel the same way. Another finding from research that I thought was interesting is that people with BED are less emotionally aware of their feelings. And what that means is that you experience a negative emotion and can't always link that emotion to a specific feeling. For example, as far as emotions go, there are big differences between feeling insulted versus misunderstood versus invalidated versus ignored. And all of those are negative emotions, but each of these have a different cause and significance. For example, let's say I make you feel bad about yourself. It may not feel as bad to you if you think I heard you, but I just didn't understand what you were saying versus I heard you, but I don't really care what you think. Misunderstanding isn't necessarily a personal attack. But for any given interaction, if you can't make this kind of distinction, you can just walk away feeling bad and attacked. Then you don't know how to process your emotion and you, you rid yourself of that negative feeling by eating. Why does eating become the coping mechanism? Without getting too deep here, I'll say that your mouth is a very intimate part of your body. You speak out of it to express yourself. You kiss people to show affection. Beginning with your first day of life, you're fed through it to sustain your life. This dynamic plays into why putting something in your mouth becomes what would be considered a primitive coping mechanism to deal with the internal distress. And in this case, primitive means it's one of those basic primal needs. Okay, so how do we treat binge eating disorder? The main treatment for binge eating disorder is therapy with or without medication. The evidence-based treatments for BED are cognitive behavior therapy, interpersonal therapy, cognitive behavior ther therapy guided self-help, and dialectical behavior therapy for eating disorders. Cognitive behavior therapy addresses binge eating that results from over-restricting your diet and over-focusing on your body image. So the therapy encourages better eating behavior. Okay, so I want to give you something before we go, and we might go over, I think I see a few hands raised that maybe I didn't get to, but we might go, I want to just give you my favorite solution to what she described as sadness, anger, and frustration are the primary emotions that we usually feel that cause us to go to binge eating, comfort food, Kool-Aid, pig intestines, uh, M&Ms, chocolate cakes, Hagen dots ice cream, uh, Bud Light, no, Bud Light's out, uh, Blue Moon beer. There is the number of drugs that we choose when we are in sadness, anger, frustration. Let's, those, let's use those as the primary three. So my favorite solution is body talk or tap or EFT. So EFT is emotional 
techno freedom technique. And uh, it's easy, free, and you can do it while you're driving, anywhere you have. So once you are aware, this is the key, being aware of how you're feeling. Men don't like to talk about that or express it, but if we can all be more aware of how we're feeling when we're triggered, someone says something, does something, and you get to sadness, anger, or frustration. Those are the three primary ones. So once you recognize, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm sadness, that's the moment to take a deep breath. That's my first choice for uh, uh, diffusing and, and, and deal, responding to the trigger. Deep breath. Realizing in your thoughts, in your mind, that I'm angry, I'm sad, or I'm frustrated. Then you can go into tapping on the side of your hand. Even though I'm angry, even though I'm sad, even though I'm frustrated, I deeply love and accept myself because what happens when we have these negative emotions, we can go into the feeling of, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, why am I feeling this way? Oh, why, did, why is this happening to me? Oh. And if you just accept the emotion, whether it's anger, frustration, or sadness, accept it. Take a deep breath. I need help. I don't want to keep this emotion. You can hold on to it if you want, but we know the consequences of holding on to sadness, frustration, and body into acid mode. Acid mode. So once you recognize I'm angry, sad, frustrated, deep breath, and then go into I am angry, I'm frustrated, tapping on the face, acknowledging the emotion, but I love myself. I love myself deeply because I was created to feel these emotions. Yes, I know I'm feeling these emotions, but I choose to let go of the sadness. Tapping on the top of the forehead, tapping on the I choose to let go of the anger. I choose to let go of the frustration because I know it will only bring harm to me. It will only harm my beautiful sacred temple. It will only create an acid condition in my body if I hold on to it. So I choose to go into joy. I choose to go into peace. I choose to go into I choose to go into love, loving myself more, responding with wisdom in this situation responding with joy, love, and uh, more uh, forgiveness. How about forgiveness? Forgiveness is huge. You want to prevent illness, disease, cancer, move into forgiveness. I forgive myself for reacting. If you reacted, ah, person, I you mother Oh, I need to forgive myself. I need to forgive myself. I don't know why somebody keeps trying. I need to forgive myself. And I need to love, 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 love myself. So give yourself a big, 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 big. When you get triggered in the anger, frustration, and sadness that you know will harm your body and will drive you to the almond joy, drive you to the Hagen Dots ice cream, drive you to the Coca Cola, whatever. Uh, drive you to the pizza, drive you to all those comfort drugs. And you come into peace and you say, what can I do? I go out to the beach, get more negative. I go out to a park where there's lots of trees. And I promise you, when you make that choice, 
to go out into an environment that is more nourishing than the pizza and the hot dogs and the Coca-Cola, that your body will shift. You have just renewed your mind. And that's where we are in this state of emergency with obesity epidemic. We have to choose to renew our minds. I'm going to take uh, one more caller who was waiting. Uh, we are in overtime, but if you're on the in the studio, we won't shut you down. But uh, let's see, three one two eight three three. You got about thirty seconds. Uh, would you like to have a comment or share? Three eight three three. Your mic is open. Way on your shalom, hallelujah. This is Minister Plump, Robert Ford Plump, Chicago, Illinois. Thank you, Dr. B. Diaka, for uh, keeping up on our health is our wealth. And you know you're right on target again. We are in it to win because we are products of the food that we eat and the mind that we keep. And I just want to say happy Father's Day to you. I know your father was a fantastic father, living to be 95 years old, which was a 23, like you and me. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. This Sunday, June 18th, 2023 in Chicago, Illinois. We're going to be meeting at Washington Park Field House, 5531 South, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Drive. Assembly time is 12 p.m. And we are going to kick off time at 1 o'clock. And we will uh, be there in the rear of the parking lot in Washington Park Field House. For more information, call Minister Plump at 312-833-0475. God bless you. We love you, and thank God for the female solution. Minister Chicago. We thank the creator for people like Minister Plump who are making direct, I mean Chicago. I love you all, wherever you are. Make a difference wherever you are. Even in Orlando, I was walking from the street colonial last week. I had to drop off a car and walk down the street. Trash on Colonial. Back. I'm like, it's everywhere. But make a difference. And I wasn't picking that up because that was way too much. But every city has a trash problem, a plastic problem. We got to make a difference. We are more aware today. I pray that after this show, you're more aware, you're more conscious, you're more thoughtful about choices to make, how to respond to the events in your life. Love you. And we're going to say goodbye now to our global family. Don't forget, tomorrow, come back and join. Leave us Deborah on Russia, Spasiba. Germany, Danke. Poland, John Kujon. France, Merci. Spain, Gracias. Italy, Grazie. Egypt, Shukran. Ghana, Medasi. Nigeria, Eshe, South Eche. Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Geret, Kenya, Asante, Kenya. Israel, Asante. Toda, Pakistan, Salva. Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Ur. Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank and you. To- and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's sakes. Namaste. 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 Namaste.
soak it all in. Love you. Bye-bye. Shalom.